Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. It is the Riot Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to or, your... Hey, you. You're probably listening alone. <laughs> so Way to bring it up and make him feel bad. Yeah. Make, make him feel it's real not, lonely. You know you're what? here with us, okay? I, you feel oftentimes, now? I oftentimes feel that uh, I want to listen to a podcast alone. Well, yeah, that's normally the... Uh, you're by yourself and you want to, you know, enjoy the yeah. time. It's not like you gather your friends around no. to listen to the podcast. This, the podcast release, everybody, crowd yeah, around, crowd right. around. Hey, that's that's like old time radio right there. <laughs> yes. Come to the desk and listen to us <laughs> podcast. But you're right. You're not alone. We're here with yes, you. Yes, we are. So what's in the show today, Isaiah? So today, early on, we talked about how... Hiring managers, we kind of flipped the script on them. So typically they were the ones ghosting people. Now they're being ghosted. Yeah. And you know, I can relate to this because I got ghosted when I was you applying did? for jobs. You did? Oh my gosh. Aww. I Isn't probably applied for over a hundred jobs. Yeah. Really? And I probably heard back from like eight. Not even and we joking. count as one. Well, yeah, you guys, well, that was after my initial applies, you know. You guys just were the ones silly enough to hire me. <laughs> after a hundred other places rejected yeah, you. Exactly. not ghosted, but we need to come up with something else. Yeah. Rejected, I don't know. But yeah, so now. Bamboozled. Uh, yeah. Hoodwinked, whatever you want to call it. I am here now and you guys yeah. can't get rid of me for now. Um, at least for today. But yeah, they talked about that on the show today and how it's kind of just flipped around, which I don't feel bad for them at all. Whatsoever. Yeah. No, I, I, it's hard to uh, shed a tear when uh, sometimes the most you would get for applying for jobs until the pandemic happened would be they send you an automated email when you apply that would say, we received your application. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to you shortly. And then they never get back to you shortly. Yeah, but you're blanket no. applying, though. I'm like more the, I feel bad you're, for the people. You're targeted? Well, I mean, targeted you're blanketing applying. like a, just a sweeping thing of they must be evil when the people that could be getting ghosted, just like when you got ghosted on that one date, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it feels bad. So try yeah. not to uh, try not to act but that at least, way. At least the hiring managers are getting paid to feel bad. And there's exactly. a difference between a big company ghosting you and yeah. it's not even done. It's like even by a robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, it wasn't actually you. Just right. like your resume didn't apply yeah. to what yeah. we And you never hear back. Man, yes. it would, don't real quick though for companies. Maybe, uh, maybe everybody would be a little more like I'm talking the big companies that use the hiring software. Yeah, maybe everybody would be. I guess you, now you're only finally feeling the the brunt of it. But maybe everybody would be a little more uh, patient with you if if just with your scanning software, if when you scanned a resume and you knew you weren't going to use it, you could just send out a thing that said your resume scanned too badly. <laughs> so <if we're laughs> That not, made me feel so much better. Yeah, right. Just you know, try uh, rewording your resume to include all the keywords <laughs> yeah. appropriately, and then we might actually talk to you. But this ghosting is different. This ghosting is when, um, you know, someone's trying to hire someone and they maybe even accepted the job, but they just don't even show up. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that. We also talked about if you're getting ready for Halloween, uh, some dentists are going to give you some tips on how you can try to keep your teeth 
healthy while uh, eating so much candy. They don't want you healthy, though. They want you coming in. So yeah, they, you're right. Maybe they, maybe they do want you to eat. There's like, these are the ones you need to eat. Is so you come false see me. flag from the dentist telling yeah, you? Because they do say, they give you the healthy, what the alternatives of, if you're going to have Halloween candy, this is what you should have for that's best, yeah. that's the least worst for your teeth. And uh, maybe that, that's just all a trick to get us to come back. Is anyone often. a dentist or a hygienist to where, like, is the week after Halloween the busiest when it comes to, like, yeah, dropping that's a good question. That's a good yeah. question. Because everybody ripped all their stuff out of their teeth. Yeah. That's 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 interesting that you bring that up. Could yeah. Well, I remember when I was young, I, I used to have, like, the caps on, like, my teeth. Like, yeah, whenever I get, like, a cavity. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was, but I was eating some sort of, like, sticky candy. And I pulled one of those off. And my mom was, was furious. Like, she was so mad at me. I was in the car with her, and all of a sudden I was like, I think my, like, cap just came off, and I forget what I was eating. Probably, I probably convinced her to, like, get some sort of snack at yeah. a gas station she didn't even want to get for me anyway. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then I pulled out my Can I, I cap had, with I it. lost all mine, and I remember going to the dentist, and they're like, yeah, they don't last long. But no one told my mom that. Oh, so my yeah. mom thought, and they're you expensive. Know, you did yep. something wrong, and you're just like, I didn't do anything <laughs> yeah. wrong. I don't know why I fell yeah. out. You just can I, uh, yes. can I one-up you guys each yeah, oh, with no. the one time that I had one of mine come out? You know what I was eating? What were you eating? Just guess. Uh, uh, is, a what, hot is dog? It yes. Oh, you were in a hot dog and it came out? How's it even possible? Like, uh, you are so predictable. Late what? teenager uh, Hudson. Still I was still in high dogs. school, I think. And, uh, yep, I had one of my filling Wait, things came out. How even does possible? that feeling come out? I don't know. I, I, you know, it kind of feels like it was just going to come out anyways, and it just happened to be while I was eating yeah. a hot dog. But Well, I guess if you're eating, there's a high chance that it will be a hot dog. Yeah. I mean, for you, <laughs> the it's odds are. exclusively. Hey, I haven't had hot dogs in weeks. Okay. Yeah, your body still hasn't recovered yet. I don't so. think it's... I think Because we're out of hot dog one. season, like I said. You know, we're not <laughs> hot dog season anymore. Therefore, hey, you have to you stop. want some applause? Do yeah, you good, work. Yes, good work. work. I do. You wow. guys, this is what you've done to me. You've taken one of my few joys in life <laughs> and no. taken it away. Get back Hudson, into hot dogs. Hudson looks at the hot dogs fine. of the story. He's like, I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> I want it so I bad, but I can't. longingly into the case. Well, enjoy the podcast today. Definitely text and say hi. Text 877-2-RADIO-U. Or if you've not yet have followed us make sure you subscribe and get notifications from our facebook page at radio you riot or our youtube channel at radio you riot because tomorrow mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a riot after show yes uh, where isaiah has to go get us <laughs> <laughs> burger yes. king this is at least drive through so yeah, this isn't yeah. Bad. it'll be easy the burger king uh ghost pepper nuggets and the new boneless wings from arby's yes Yay. coming soon so and watch your teeth for that. <laughs> hey those should be fine for our teeth at yeah you, that's Not what for you everything said else in our life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We will again. All right, you. We will catch you later. Bye. Bye. Everything you love about the riot plus a handy dandy fast forward option. This is the worst of the riot podcast. It's not Halloween related, but we are going to talk about something spooky. I love the picture on the article. I know, just, me too. It's just a, a, a ghost that's like a sheet, you know, yeah. like a, a white bed sheet. The, total, the classic, uh, just you cut the holes out of your bed sheet to be there a ghost is. for Halloween like uh, Charlie Brown did. In the Great Pumpkin. But this is a different type of ghosting? This is a different type of ghosting. This is... Uh, and not a dating ghosting? No, that's that's what you probably <laughs> typically think of ghosting is, is in is regards dating to dating. Friends, yeah. But this is actually in regards to hiring and uh, job applications where 
you know, we're in a time where I guess you could say job seekers or have the upper hand as opposed to the hiring managers uh, who for so long have, they just had their, their pick of millions and you'd listen to the like zip recruiter ads and it'd be like, how can you sift through so many millions of candidates and po- possibly pick out the one that's qualified when you have so many people to choose from. Sure. And now, now, now it's, the, it's opposite. the opposite. It's like, I don't know if we can find the right person for this job because not everybody wants to get a job. So uh, the job seekers have the upper hand, which has led to uh, hiring managers are saying ghosting where they will reach out, the hiring manager will reach out, even set up an interview, even potentially hire somebody for a job, and then they will disappear. They'll turn around. They'll never answer. Never show up. Uh Or they'll just start and then quit right away. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a thing. And now, and so some people, you know, the hiring managers are complaining and saying, and and employers are so not happy with this. They say it's unprofessional, but some people are pointing out, and I I, kind of like this, that hasn't hiring managers been doing that forever? Because, well, Nikki, this is actually great. You've done hiring, right? I've done hiring, yeah. Why do, I, I okay, I know the simple answer is, in the past, uh, pe- hiring managers, people that are doing hiring, would have so many applications mm-hmm. that they couldn't be expected to at least send out a, uh, some kind of automated email to tell people they didn't get selected. Well, but we, why can't they send out an automated email that just tells people, don't keep holding your breath because it's not happening? I don't know. I mean, we've never, like, Radio U's not large enough to yeah, have the right. problem with that. Yeah. I think that's only if you're a part of a massive organization. Mm-hmm. So the personal touch of letting <laughs> someone know that they're not going to work out yeah. is, is you know, something that we've always been aware of in common with. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, never ghosting yeah. unless it's been you know like super awkward <laughs> sometimes someone <laughs> oh, can make it awkward i was gonna say the the one thing that comes to mind and i don't know that it's a valid excuse but sometimes uh, and you would expect you could apply this to dating and many other things in life just the simple fact that you reopen the connection if they if you haven't been in contact for a while to say, hey, it's over. Uh, yeah, it that's... will still be like they'll be like, oh, so it's still a ch- there's still a chance you're saying yeah, you contacted me back. Yeah, so, oh, good to hear from you. So. I think that's why it's just odd. I think it's odd when I look through all the hiring and stuff and all the problems people are having when someone says they'll take a job yeah. and then they don't end up coming in, mm-hmm. and that's when ghosting happens too. That seems like you went through all the effort. Yeah, <laughs> why right. don't you just you know like why? So that's I, a weird one. You know what I think it is. Um, uh, is you're, if you're looking for a job, you don't just apply to one place, right? Mm-hmm. Like you cast a wide net, and so maybe you got hired at two places at Sometimes the same you time. you get a few fish. Uh, actually, that happened not with Radio Yuba, but the previous station I worked at, I had the opportunity to work at a... Uh, to work at a, it was a minor league baseball team. You did? Yeah. Not playing baseball? Or uh, was no, it? I wasn't going to be playing baseball. I was going to be playing the music. Uh, I was going to be like their fine. DJ. Ah. And uh, they offered me the job, but I had uh, a thing out at another radio station. Yeah, another opportunity. And I was like, you know what? I think at that other radio station, I'm going to hold out on that. And it worked out. And then it worked out to come here. So <laughs> I'm just going to cast this wide sheet out there and just say, uh, don't ghost anyone if yeah, you still- can. Don't ghost a boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, mm-hmm. possible employer. Yeah. Uh, because things turn and change. And you never know yep. when that might 
uh, hurts you later down the road. That's road. right. In business, you always want to keep good relationships if you can, even if, uh, you know what, maybe other hiring managers, other employers have hurt you in the past and they've ghosted you after <laughs> you went through a nice interview that you thought went well. Uh, but that doesn't mean you need to hurt your current hurt hiring eight. managers. Hudson, hurt people hurt. That's right. I remember that. Hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Keep that in mind, whether it's dating or, or applying for jobs. If you're looking for hot takes on the day's most important news stories, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. Uh, Nikki, you know, next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend, we get the next installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we get the Eternals? Yes, we do. And, uh, I was going to say not a moment too soon, but it's too soon for me. I'm still two installments behind. I haven't seen Black Widow. <laughs> I haven't seen Shang-Chi. Well, you, you watched Dune. You saw Bond. Uh-huh. So you just been I'm keeping seeing, up. You've yeah. been keeping up nicely, but just with non-Marvel content. Yeah, not Marvel stuff because it's not been as exciting to me. Uh, I will get to Black Widow eventually and Shang-Chi once it's on Disney+. Plus. But for Eternals, so it comes out next weekend. That means the early reviews are starting to come in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't want people to be fooled. If you go on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 73 reviews. It has 70%. I don't think that's accurate. This is where Rotten Tomatoes doesn't seem to capture. Because if you look at the negative reviews, and there's a lot of them, they're really negative. Do you know that yesterday I saw a ton and mm-hmm. they say this movie's awful. Yeah, they it says say it's, it's the worst. So bad. I feel that. How bad can it be? I always think <laughs> that uh, that when like you're you're more the person who says, "Come on, the reviews are fake. They just pay <laughs> to to make the reviews nice for big movies, so that you'll go and see it, even if the you know the Rotten Tomato score will be good enough to not scare you away." I, I'm skeptical of that, but not in this case. You feel like they didn't pay enough to I, make a good review the I other way. I think there's a lot of the reviews out there that are uh, that the, the critics with integrity are being honest with us. And then the critics that don't have as much integrity are giving us, uh, you know, are putting enough of a shine on the turd mm. to uh, make the Rotten Tomatoes score Lovely. still nice enough. <laughs> what a nice way to put that. Because the bad reviews are are saying literally the worst Marvel movie that we've seen. And that's saying something. Because there's been sides. a few stinkers. They say, <laughs> they say that the writing's bad, uh-huh. the acting's bad. Even though it has a, a star-studded bad. cast. Well, yeah. sometimes, though, when you get too many people that think they know, yeah. In a room together. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Then the end product is awful. Yeah. Because they couldn't just kind of connect. Yeah. And and what I'm even seeing, and this is what kind of hammers it home, is uh, so the director is Chloe Zhao. She did Nomadland, which was an Oscar movie last year. Mm-hmm. I saw Nomadland. It's quite good. And so I was thinking, well, she, she would be, she'll do a good job with this Eternals movie. And there are people that enjoyed Nomadland that are even saying this is just too slow, that there's not enough going on for a Marvel movie, and any of the good stuff that is that you may find in there, which, you know, there's the few, the funny lines that uh, you'll expect from a Marvel movie, and some you just don't get that. good moments from, there's a few of that, but it's... It's all the other stuff in between <laughs> makes it not worthwhile. So I know it says 70%. I don't. I don't know if I trust that score at all. Well, they're saying the uh, Eternals movie is bloated. That mm-hmm. seems to be the common word and rushed. 
And they say that because uh, the you know director was so well known for indie movies. Yeah, that that doesn't work when this was supposed to be a blockbuster movie. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, that does not always translate. And I think uh, there's a lot of talk going into the movie about about that. How it's a maybe Marvel trying to cross over and appeal because they've had a little bit of Oscar style appeal with Black Panther and a few others that have that have gotten more recognition, but they weren't really made for that kind of thing. And it feels like the Eternals was there trying to make a more award-style movie. And uh, I don't think the award people want Marvel well, movies in, and I don't think Marvel people want award movies. Now, Hudson, I, there is such thing as bad awards, so it could still be award-worthy. That's right. It, <laughs> might, it might make it to the Razzies. So it could still we'll win see. something. But if anybody sees it next weekend, that is low on the list. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, we might have to defer to you guys to tell us what you think of it. Not exactly. It. It's partially because I'm not caught up on all the other Marvel stuff, but it's also like now you have a good reason. Not, not as excited for this one at all but hey maybe we're all wrong and maybe the 70 percent of critics are the ones that are actually telling the truth Mm. who knows maybe maybe the other critics are getting paid off by some dark money (laughs) i love sitting there for hours watching a good bloated movie (laughs) it's perfect (laughs) that's that's what i think when i think of a good movie bloated. that's a good night out (laughs) oh yeah hudson nikki the riot on radio U. Uh, do you continue the pumpkin spice smell and maybe even the drinks and other flavor things into all the way up into Thanksgiving or do you leave it behind as soon as Halloween passes no, or I have think, you already left it behind? Well, it doesn't hold the same place in my heart as the Christmas stuff. Yeah. But for pumpkin things, I usually keep that out until closer to Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I'm fine with pumpkins. I think that's like a fall thing. Yeah. That doesn't really end at Halloween. Uh-huh. That's all the, the ghosts and goblins stuff. Yeah, right. Of course. Uh, but not the pumpkin stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels, well, I think because uh, pumpkin spice shows up. So early every year now, we're, we're talking the end of August when it's still 90 degrees for everybody. Sure. We're st- already breaking out the pumpkin spice. It feels like it's been around forever because it has. It's been two months. But some don't really get into it until now that it's fall for yeah. most places. Now it feels right. Well, I have some uh, some science here for you on why we love pumpkin spice this time of year. And uh, it comes from, uh, his name is Jason Fisher. He's a professor of psychology and brain sciences at Johns Hopkins University. And so they were asking, why do we love pumpkin spice at this time of year? He says, associations form year after year, and they give us a sense of familiarity. So when you start to smell the pumpkin spice uh, stuff in stores, it gives you the feeling of nostalgia. Oh, for all the other past fall ho- uh, holidays yeah it's just like something you remember from uh from i don't know from growing up or just from a f- you just know it's something you tie because you know, they always say smell is the strongest sense tied to memory sure so so like uh, peppermint stuff makes me think more of christmas time yeah, peppermint and uh like the pine tree smell mm-hmm. the evergreen smell and then yeah for pumpkin spice that's uh, you, that's when you know fall's coming, baby. So this is so if you're like if you're really into it, it's just your brain's super good at it. Yeah, you got a lot of fall memories, <laughs> and pumpkin spice is the only way that that fall memory gets out. And that's why <laughs> to to take it a little further though, as uh, all these places try to trick us into replacing pumpkin spice with something else like apple crisp or whatever. 
It's not going to work. It doesn't have the same Because it doesn't memories. have the same memories tied oh, up that's in it. Yeah. Interesting. So there you go. That's why it's not just uh, you, you think everybody, maybe you're the one person that's like, pumpkin spice is overrated. It's basic. Why does everybody get so excited? Because, man, we just got memories is all. And you don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> Why don't you start uh, having a little fondness for the past? No, I, I, I wouldn't even say even I have probably then very good memories yeah. of fall stuff because pumpkin <laughs> just doesn't have the same, uh, like, I don't have to have everything pumpkin. Yeah. But they say the aromas of, like, nutmeg, cinnamon, allspice, that just kind of tricks our brain into mistaking uh, you know, some of these uh, scents and stuff mm-hmm. uh, for the memories. And that's what you're real. That's what you're drinking right yeah, there. You're drinking so, a cup of memories. Oh, well, I like to put it that way. <laughs> Drink drinking up. a cup of it. Me- I just hope they're good memories. Because if you're drinking bad memories, it sounds like you might have put something else in the drink. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just to cope with the memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, well, move into Christmas time or Thanksgiving mm. and there could be a whole nother set of memories. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're, you're drinking the eggnog to get rid of those memories or if, something. If I you like know. pumpkin spice stuff, just enjoy it. Yeah. They say that's probably because you have some good memories and warm fuzzies attached to it. There you go. And there's nothing wrong with that. You might be thinking that this won't be quite as bad the second time around. Well, you'd be greatly mistaken. You're listening to the worst of the Riot Podcast. You know something I noticed yesterday, Nikki? Uh, it was it was really sad, actually. Two places where I drive fairly frequently. One I actually is on my way to and from work. Yeah. There was two really bad accidents. Aww. Yeah, it was horrible to see. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if everybody was involved was wound up okay being okay stuff, or not. Yeah. I have no idea. So, very sad. And it makes you think, uh, especially on the one where it's just kind of hard to envision how the accident could have happened. Mm-hmm. Where you drive every day, the speed limit's not that high, and the results were very, like, it, it looked horrible. And it, I, it made me think to myself of how as much, like, I'm not a great driver, but I think I'm pretty safe. I think, uh, you know, I'm not putting anybody really in danger when I'm driving, but what we don't often think about while we're out driving is you can drive absolutely 100% perfectly, follow every single rule you learned in driving, like just do 100% everything perfect, and all it takes is somebody else driving crazy, and who knows what can happen to you. And, you know, we all go through that, and and that's a risk we all take being out on the roads, but uh, it's true for life, too. Even if we have everything 100% good to go on our end, where we're doing everything 100% right, all it takes is one person doing something uh, that hurts you, uh, doing something negative that can hurt you. Even though it's not your fault, it's and you've been keeping up your end of the bargain, it just takes one person screwing up and all of a sudden you still wind up getting hurt. And that's tough to like, that's tough to think about. Again, you could live your life perfectly. Somebody else could mess it up for you. And there's not a whole lot you can actually do about that. But here's what I want to let you know, that God can help you with that. What Jesus wants to help you with is not just making sure that you do the best you can with your life and like the way you live and making the best choices, but God also wants to help shield you from that hurt and be able to deal with it because you are going to face, whether it's from your own doing or from somebody else, you're going to face issues in life. You're going to face times where you get hurt, where things don't go the way you want them to or whatever. What God wants to help you do is help you be able to cope with that, uh, help you be able to 
react in the right way. All the this kind of stuff. With yeah, it. right. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the emotion that goes on with that. And and sometimes those those are the most difficult times. Is where you didn't do anything wrong, and still somebody else hurts you in a way you can't even imagine. And the great thing about God is, well, I mean, one of the many is that he's able to understand that and help you deal with it in a way that not really anybody else can. Uh, and so if you're if you're ready for that, to not just have, again, the guidance through life to do things right on your end, but also the protection and the, the peace of mind that kind of comes with, even if something goes wrong with somebody else, God's going to help me through it. Man, that is huge. And all you need to do is ask, say, hey, Jesus, I want you in my life. I, uh, I want to make sure I'm doing the best I can, but I also want to make sure that no matter what happens to me, uh, no matter what others do to me, that you're going to guide me through it. God is ready to do that for you. And all you need to do is ask. So if you want to know more, check out RadioU.com slash free gift. That's a great place to start. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the Worst of the Riot podcast. Uh, Nikki, you strike me as someone who might like a good 90s rom-com. Actually, I was looking at the list, and I went through a phase where I watched a lot of these. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I might might be good for this. It's time for you to go (laughs) through another phase. I know. I could go back and watch these old movies again. Yeah, because uh, this is a jeweler called uh, The Shane Company. They are trying to... Find someone that will watch a bunch of 90s romantic comedies, and uh, they'll pay you $1,000 to do it. They've got 10 classic films from the 90s, uh, all with a similar theming of, uh, you know, an unlikely No, they're different. They're all different. Mm, I'd say they're all different. They're... They're I, they're unique. Okay, you in know their what? To ways. be fair, I think I've only seen a couple of them, so maybe they're they all do have their own twists and turns that I just don't fully grasp. Hey, uh, you know how there's ten? Yeah, I've seen them all. You've seen all I've ten seen of all them? 10. Wow, that's impressive. Well, I mean, not really. This isn't no, something to be proud. No, of. it's impressive. It's an accomplishment. You should be proud of yourself. No, maybe are- you can save them the time. And say, look, I've already seen all ten. You don't even have to pay me. Uh, to go back and watch them, I've already done it. So you think I should just tell them to give me the thousand dollars right now? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Though I, I might not remember all of them, but normally around this time you get the company that would pay you to watch all the scary movies. Yep, uh-huh. So it's nice to see this one. Yes, and uh, and of course I'm sure next month we'll start seeing a bunch of companies that will pay if you watch Christmas movies. Sure. Which you're going to do anyways. I but, bet I I bet I got through most of those too. Yeah. But actually, <laughs> you know what? This comes at a good time. It'd be nice to snuggle up with some romantic comedies with your special someone uh, in between all the Christmas stuff and Halloween stuff. Uh, you need something just, you know, when it's cool outside, you don't want to go hang out and it's a Wednesday night and there's no football going on. Sure. Well, this is a question then. So uh-huh. feel free to text and tell me the answer. And, and this isn't just about this genre, but when it comes to these style of movies, mm-hmm. the cheesier they are. So like with the romantic comedies, yeah. I actually prefer not to watch it with anybody. You just want to see it all alone? I just want to see it by myself. And then that way, if it's too cheesy, no one brings it up. No one cares. <laughs> it's just... Let me enjoy this uh, romantic cheesy no, movie. Nobody has to see you cry well, if you cry shed it. T- if, like it, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I don't know. so here's the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if anything of it, these ring a bell. Or Nikki, you could give us a little synopsis since you've seen them all. Ten things I hate about you. Yeah, it's been a while, but I saw that. Uh, never been kissed. Mm-hmm. Clueless. Oh yeah. Which I've never seen Clueless. 
But if you see Paul Rudd memes where it shows that he hasn't aged, they probably are initially showing Clueless because that was one of his first ever movies. Well, have you ever seen anything with Emma from Jane Austen? No. Okay. Who's no, that? You, <laughs> the book? The movies? Jane it's that, Austen? Uh, it's that story. Uh, okay, never mind. No. It's not your thing. That's who's fine. The, wait, who's the girl in uh, Clueless? What's her name? Uh, Kira Sedgwick. Uh, Alicia no. Silverstone. Oh yeah, Alicia Silverstone. You want to know something uh, funny? A fun fact I know. What is that? You know Jr. from Knights. Yeah. Alicia Silverstone was his uh, was, was his crush girl. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I guess he probably loved Clueless. Maybe. But I'd be watching Clueless and in a very just in a very acceptable way. Well, now I can't. I'd watch be more it interested with- in Paul Rudd. <laughs> watch it without thinking oh yeah jr yeah oh, I, i'm the same way i've never seen it you know my wife though loves clueless sure. and so it's it's amazing that we haven't sat down and watched it together uh now this is the one that i know that i've seen and i do enjoy there's something about mary okay cameron diaz mm-hmm. ben stiller uh brett Favre is in the is in that one that's what you that's remember what do you mean? I'm just teasing you. Of course I remember Brett Favre. Then these feel older, uh, but Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail. Those are both Tom Hanks. And then Pretty Woman, Notting Hill, and My Best Friend's Wedding, and Runaway Bride. And that's your list right there. If you can get through those 10 movies and you win this contest, you could get paid ten uh, $1,000. doesn't feel like the $1,000 is enough. That's $100 a movie. Well, I know, but sometimes the... You know, the offerings for these sit down and watch these movie marathons yeah. see more than a thousand. And they're like, here, you get a free mattress and a free this and a free that. Yeah. Uh, but they want you to take notes, track uh, details on each of the movies. Mm-hmm. They're seeking a hopeless romantic. Uh-huh. And you get a worksheet for each film, which shows the entire decade when then you need to fill out the important gossip from each love oh, story. Wow. This doesn't seem yeah, like something you'd want to do at all. Too much pressure. Yeah. It's too much work at this point. Yeah. And with any of these things, I'd always feel like when you apply for it, you're you're thinking, oh, this will be good. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you watch like two movies. and You're like, I've had enough. You're done. Yeah. Well, you I also, don't want to have to pressure to watch the other eight. You get the thousand dollars. You get fifty dollar Amazon gift card to rent all the films. Uh-huh. And the deadline to apply is Monday, November 22nd. So I don't even throw any jewelry in with the deal, even though it's a jewel jeweler jeweler who's doing jeweler. it yeah no. that's that's a ripoff that's that's where i draw the line that's what everything else i'm cool with <laughs> if i'm a, if i'm a doing this for a jewelry company you got to give me some jewelry okay you could spend a thousand dollars on that if you want that's not enough <laughs> not enough for jewelry yes it is not good jewelry no one said it had to be good <laughs> the <laughs> movies didn't have to be i good. just had an anniversary i need to get something good <laughs> yeah <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live yet here you are i also like to live dangerously this is the worst of the riot podcast when halloween rolls around you know we'll be dipping into the bowl well uh when we do start dipping into the trick-or-treat candy we uh we, we're supposed to think about our teeth as we do so Right? Kind of a weird thought on Halloween, like thinking about the health factor of it. I probably would try to stray away from thinking about that the Just whole night. Push well, that you think aside. About it yes. The next day. Yeah. You know, when the maybe. problems arise. Yeah. And but then, they were doing this a lot for yesterday because they used the hashtag Tooth Tuesday. Did they? Yeah. Who was using <laughs> Tooth, that? Who Dentist? came up with that? Twitter. Tooth Tuesday. I, hashtag people. We have different Twitters. <laughs> yeah. I didn't Mine, see that pop up either. You know what? I, I tweeted about it. Mine was so much Dave Chappelle stuff that I muted, and I rarely mute stuff. 
I muted Chappelle on Twitter, not Dave Chappelle himself. I don't even think he has one, but just the word Chappelle. Sure, so it didn't show so up. So I would stop showing it, and it still kept showing up. Well, so it didn't work. Now you have. That's my Twitter. Now you it's need to go t- and mute the hashtag Tooth Tuesday. Yeah, Tooth Tuesday. Go mute that. Even, I guess I didn't need to mute it. It just wasn't coming up for well, some they were reason. Talking about like what is the bad candy uh, for you to stay away from mm-hmm. during our candy time this the rest of this week. The answer is all of it. Is it really? Uh, well, pretty actually, much. Actually, no. I mean, it looks like it. it compared to vegetables, <laughs> yes, all of it. But actually, no, we have uh, we have some good news and bad news. Uh, so some of the worst candy for your teeth, uh, gummy candies, like gummy bears, like yeah, that's, the worms. That's and, worse anyways. So. Yeah. What? Or wait, wait, the trolleys, though. Like, I like that stuff, but I don't like gummy bears. The, gummy what? bears are uh, not as exciting. Well, it hurts. Went, I about, like gummy bears. I like do? gummy bears a lot. Really? Yes. Guess who's getting them all? Yeah, oh, that's fine. Go, that's yeah. fine. Bring them in. I like gummy bears. I see everything on this list I like. So. I feel that gummy bears aren't as good of a trick-or-treating candy either way, though, because uh, I'm sure they do sell individual packs, but who knows where to get those? So, they do. What, are you they just going to give a handful of gummy bears? Oh, no, they always come. Is it the Haribu? Yeah, or the little ones. Yeah, they come in like little uh, I don't packages. think I've seen that. The little wow. mini ones. Oh, wow. They what about, are um, bountiful. But talking about uh, gummy candies, how do you guys feel about the gummy Coke bottles? Oh, no. the, uh, you guys no. don't like that? No. Is that the waxy stuff? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. no those it's, are the, uh, it's like a gummy bear. It's just it's shaped like a Coke bottle. And then, like, the bottom is brown, and then it's uh, ombre. I don't and think it I've fades had up that. to they're like, not a good. clear. You're not, like, you're not missing out. They're not. No, I, I think they're good. a Diet Coke gal. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't so, think they come in diet. Don't they? No, or they diet do Dr. Pepper do or a Sprite Zero gummy. But right. no, probably pass on that. No, the, well, pass on all the gummies because they're bad for your teeth. They take uh, a long time to chew, and they can get lodged in your teeth without you even knowing it. Uh, but uh, another bad one, caramels. Mm. Uh, love which, it. You love caramels? Yes. This feels like a... This is Isaiah Hudson. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> like anything like tomatoes no. or cucumbers. Well, everybody beans. loves candy. What but do you mean? He loves candy and he's tried it all. This yeah. is... Yeah, caramel's really good. Uh, see, you strike me as somebody... You have nice teeth. Yeah. But it's not going to last. No, I take care of them. I take care of them. I brush my teeth multiple times a day. Not if you're all the time. I've got a car toothbrush on you the way do? to places. I brush my teeth. What, yeah. Like cars like Lightning McQueen? Or? Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> a car's toothbrush that I keep in my car. It's really cool. It's appropriate for you. Don't be surprised with the rest of this list. I'm sure he loves it yeah. all. Yeah. Well, gummy, uh, the caramels are even worse than gummies because they are very sticky and take a long time to dissolve. So that's a lot of time they're spending in your mouth. Uh, eating away at your teeth. Uh, let's see another one. Tacky candies, Starburst style. Oh, those are good. Everybody They're loves Starburst. Not for your Go teeth, they're not. Well, come on. Can't we just have a day? They pull out your crowns and fillings. I lost my, like one of the, I only have a few cavities, but mm-hmm. one cavity that, uh, the very first one, uh, it came out one day. Yeah. And you're like, that's not bad. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is a big deal. It is. Because, you know, again, because of COVID stuff, they're like, well, I can see you in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, and no. You just have this hole in your tooth. Oh, you got to get uh, dental gum. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh. My mom, for years, had a cracked tooth. Yeah. And she, because it's so expensive to go to the dentist and get it fixed, and that, like it, because it was cracked, it would have been really a lot. 
So she would just put uh, dent. She would just buy dental gum and, and fill her there? tooth with what that. What a trooper! That's uh, incredible. She did that for so long wow. before she finally got it fixed. Finally saved up the money to, to do that. <laughs> go get her tooth fixed. Well, if you have anything like any work done, and or if you're just your teeth are just recovering yeah. or something, don't mess with it. You know, Halloween's not the no. The it's not going to be fun for you at holiday all. Holiday for it you. It does say I think then let's stick with chocolate because that way yeah. it's less sticky. It does. It says chocolate is the one that's actually uh, the best for your teeth. So there you go. You have an excuse. Chocolate and caramel apples. Are the best options if you want to protect your teeth. How's caramel apples? Yeah. Like, that's the uh, worst. No, no, it's not. It's different because it's like a thin layer. Uh, yep. Or like the candy apples. Uh, yeah. It says, although the caramel is sticky, the apples are crisp and help clean the surfaces of the teeth. Gosh, can we, guys, every holiday, can can we stop having these lists that just tell us what to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to no, enjoy whatever not, I want to enjoy. You can tell me what's bad and good. I'm still going to eat it. My defiance disorder is really having yes. a tough time with all I these. want it more now. Now I want it more. <laughs> Just pass the gummy bears, yeah. okay? I want all the sugary treats. And the gummy Coke bottles. I'll take uh, whatever you got. Welcome to The Riot, where you listen to us and uh, that's it. It's pretty much a one-way street. The Riot. Radio U. Uh, I know this may upset you, but I really feel like this is the last time we're going to talk about dune for a while until <laughs> until until dune uh two comes out we're, we're getting we're gonna have to put it aside until then but mm-hmm. this is this is the news that leads to that they have officially confirmed hbo uh warner brothers has officially confirmed that dune part two will be happening and at the moment, it's scheduled for a, a plan for an October of 2023 release. release. I'm not uh, surprised. Basically, they started to become more and more transparent about it mm-hmm. because people were getting more and more mad about part one. Yes. Being so just a intro into part two. Uh-huh. And that was upsetting people because even like one of the actresses that was everywhere in the mm-hmm. promotional stuff for yep. the Dune movie uh-huh. is only in it for seven minutes. She's du- She only has a couple lines. That's it. Yep. But they say like, oh, it should be more into the second one. Yes. But, it's, um, well, it's clear. Yes. People- based off of the ending of the first where they leave it off. And, and no, it was funny uh, when they did officially announce this yesterday. I thought uh, normally... When you see a big movie come out and uh, it's like that somebody has a story to tell and they tell it in the first movie and then the they announce a sequel and it feels like a money grab. With Dune, it almost feels reversed because yeah. it's like the first movie ends the way it ends. It's just so clear that they are really setting it up for the second movie and that's the one they really want you to go see. So that makes me wonder for Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. did they and they're just not saying it or like why didn't they just film the second one at the same time they were doing the first one? Because uh, well, they really had this planned the whole time. I've seen. And there's supposed to be a third one. Yeah. Uh, I, and a more, prequel. A prequel series. It's supposed to be more cost effective I would think. Yeah. To just have it just to keep filming. Yeah, I, I've seen some people say that, and I think the first answer is it's not that simple, especially for like a with so many big name actors involved. And since they were shooting, some people are saying they're shooting in a real desert and stuff, so it was uh very taxing 
to film the way they were doing it. And so to just continue on doing that. Not you know, when the one person had to only work four days. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't know about that. You mean for the crew it was hard. Yeah, I think for for uh, maybe not the actors themselves. Yeah. But, but getting them all scheduled in like that would be difficult. And I think there was some skepticism of or 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 Warner Brothers wanted to be sure that this was actually not going to be a flop because it is one of those things. This could have been uh, the cautionary tale is John Carter. That was the Disney movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you remember coming out years ago? Like not Denzel, that long ago. Denzel Washington? No. Oh no. Oh a, no. Wait. Some no. white guy that hasn't done anything since. Oh, but it was sure. it was a similar thing. It's like a big space opera type oh, thing. That one. And it was similar source material where it's like how it's just so ambitious. The sure. book that it's based off of that. How can anybody have the budget and to be able to even create the world that uh, they'll do? And then they and then Disney finally bit the bullet and did it. And it was supposed to spawn this whole universe. And then it turned out nobody went and saw it. It was one of the biggest flops ever. And so I think that Warner Brothers was had that in the back of their minds that the the type of movie it is a giant scope. uh, You have to you can't cut corners on it. It has to look. Uh, just amazing and has to feel huge so you can't make a low budget a uh, version of dune you have to just go all out for it and so they didn't want to go all out for multiple movies before they knew mm. that it was actually going to pay off but i feel like the bar was so low for them to make only a tiny bit of money and be yeah. like yeah we'll make a second one that's what that's another <laughs> another concept that's coming up is that uh because it didn't make that, that the, much yeah that the uh the same release on hbo max uh, was one of the best things that could have happened to it. Diamonds might be most girls' best friend. But for Nikki, it's DoorDash. <laughs> the Riot on Radio, Radio U. U. How much time, be honest, do you spend on 11 Warriors? I don't spend that much time on 11 Warriors. I do follow them on, on many different things, uh, but I don't like read their articles every day. But this one was really interesting. What's 11 Warriors? 11 Warriors is the, uh, <laughs> it's like the Ohio State, uh, like the site, the blog, basically. Uh, yeah. just, they do a bunch of articles on Ohio State sports. Ever, the, like any of the big colleges, and, and Ohio State obviously is a big one when it comes to college sports, they'll have a site that's just like anything that ever applies to anything related to Ohio State sports. It goes on there. It'll go yes. on there. And some people spend a ton of time. Mm. There's somebody listening right now. It's like, don't make fun of me for spending. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying. <laughs> when someone's just saying, yeah, a it lot means of they times are, yeah. it's about yes. trolling or yeah. just asking why. I'm just but... saying there's other things in life. <laughs> No. <laughs> I feel and I feel that there's a I guess what I'm what I'm really trying to say is 11 Warriors is not something you just dabble in. It's sure. either you're totally in 11 Warriors or you don't even check in on it. At well, all. it's a good thing that I checked in on it this morning hey! because they have a good story. I thought this was really funny. OK, so, well, why don't you just share it with yeah, us? So James Franklin, who's the head coach of Penn State, we talked about this earlier this week. They lost to Illinois, who's a terrible team, terrible program mm. for the last very many years. And Penn State Decades. has been doing really well. Penn State was ranked like seven, having a great season, trying to get into the college football playoff and they end up going into nine overtimes the longest game ever and then losing to well, illinois the longest game by overtimes but yes. we all know 
if you know that it was just two point conversions over yeah. and over again, it changes the way you see how it. long but, you actually yeah. the game actually was. But this week, uh, he had a pretty rough uh, press conference. Yeah, it didn't go as he as he wanted it to. He is being rumored as the new coach, one of the options for USC football in uh, the California. Penn State coach. Yes, uh, yes, okay. James Franklin. So they, he was being asked about. What you know is he? How what is he thinking about possibly being the USC coach or whatever? So he goes, my focus isn't on that. My focus is completely on our next game mm-hmm. on Illinois. Oh, but that's but he already played. They just them. played Illinois. <gasps> but the uh oh, yeah. <laughs> so so his comment so he's about not focusing focused. was not very focused. No, but no. So that's so. Here's what I'm wondering. He misspoke. Do you think that that shows that? Maybe his focus is so much on this game that he can't even focus on answering the question properly because he's so focused on Ohio State. Or is he trolling and trying to make fun and just saying, like, he doesn't even care who the next, you know, Ohio State isn't even important to him because he's just so focused on the game. They were also saying that the Penn State coach uh, called uh, Ohio Stadium the big house. Which is Michigan (laughs) Stadium. He's trolling you guys. I don't know if he's trolling. He might just be confused. It sounds like he's he's flustered. I think after Legion to Illinois, like he just doesn't feel right. And he came in the press conference Mm -hmm. and he knew he was about to get drilled. And so either he did this to try to get the pressure off of himself Mm -hmm. and try to be like, okay, this guy clearly is like completely out of whack. Or he is just out of whack. He's completely flustered. He's just trying to get you thrown off. He's like, "Yeah, it's it's a big game coming up. You know, War Eagle. They could really, uh, <laughs> they could really give us a run for our money." The but Wolverines you know are going to be tough this weekend. Yeah, I don't know what to we're say. Just, we're just gonna. They're just they roll tide. It's just what they do. And they, <laughs> you just go through it. Just he's trying to rile you guys up, trying to make it feel like it's not actually a big deal to to his team. Well, Mr. James, I would say if you don't focus in, we're going to roll you by fifty. That's he how just, it's going to go on Saturday. He's just trying to be keep his team relaxed by saying, "Hey." It's a big game, but uh, you don't have to treat it different than any other game. Yeah, so, it's just like playing Illinois. Just said this them. week you're playing Ohio State. Just just everybody thing. seems to be mentioning for USC for getting a new coach. So, like, who's the guy coaching now? And he's is he well aware of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is he a fill-in coach? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's an interim. It's an interim okay. coach right now. He and does. So. He has a shot of being the new USC coach. I don't know. I don't remember his name because he wasn't especially well-known. He's actually new to the program, but he's, he's got a shot. The last coach for USC, who's overstayed his welcome, had a similar situation. So whoever it was before got fired. He stepped in his interim and actually got to coach USC for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't work out so well because ah, yes. he just got fired himself. So now, <laughs> now there's sure a different since- interim guy that they, they like. I just don't know if he's ready for full-time head coach well, material. I just keep hearing talk about that, and I keep thinking, well, the poor coach is doing it now. Like, yeah. yes. Everything he's well, brought up as a replacement for him. His, his name is Dante Williams, and uh-huh. now he's the coach. But at the, at the end of the season, I don't think he's going to be the coach no. anymore. Well, the, to be fair, well, not necessarily to be fair, but he hasn't done great so far. They've still been playing pretty terrible, even after they fired the other coach that people thought was the problem. Now, so. call it just at least consistent. There's yeah. least consistently <laughs> being one exactly. way. You know Don't what you're me. getting every Saturday. You tune in, you know what you're getting. Well, That's right. James Franklin, the Penn State coach, he really should have said, my game, my focus is really on uh, the Trojans. I know. Yes. <laughs> the Riot Podcast. Radio U. You, I love this, Nikki. A new Guinness World Record has just been set. Mm-hmm. The tallest ever stack of stacking chairs. 
That's the world record? That, that's a new world record. <laughs> I didn't know there was one to begin with. 17 feet. Oh, of, of stacked chairs? Yeah, 17 feet in the air. Why? Where did this come about? Mm, Who's doing this? You know, I would have expected it might have been like a, a, a church. A middle. I was thinking, school? yeah, like a middle schooler after an assembly or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. He thinks he's uh, <laughs> he's not very talkative, but he thinks this is this is something that'll get the girls' attention. Yeah, he can and, stack uh, chairs. No, it's uh, it's actually a thirty-seven-year-old man. Which I guess makes it a little sadder, doesn't it? It's outside of a banquet hall, which does make sense. Yeah, outside of, of uh, Manchester, England, where he's a restaurant manager there. Mm-hmm. And he broke the previous record of 15.5 feet for stacking chairs. He beat it by quite a bit. Dude, uh, he says stacking the chairs can be very dangerous. <laughs> what? You don't want 17 feet worth of chairs falling on you. I guess. I don't know. He said it's important they picked. Oh, so it was outside. Yeah. It was important they picked. Obviously, because it was so high, uh, that they picked a day where the wind was very light. Uh, so it yes, didn't blow Yes, it's a good over. point. If you've ever stacked chairs, those stackable chairs, you know they can be very wobbly once you get mm-hmm. high enough. So, yeah, you add wind into the equation. You don't want that. So weird. The rules that Guinness gave him during the attempt is the chairs are not allowed to touch like a ladder. Uh-huh. But if they collapse in the direction of the ladder, um, someone could be hurt. So they kind of uh, monitor this one. Yeah. He had three practice attempts before making the official world record attempt on the fourth try. And uh, I, I also, do you know, the failure of this is that there's no picture with it. I want a video. Yeah, I bet you could there's find no it on picture, YouTube. there's no video, because I don't even understand. I'm just picturing that if it's 17 feet worth of stacked chairs, it's just like one on one on one on Like that mm-hmm. would be what we're talking about, right? But if you stack chairs... You can only stack them in one direction, so they just keep leaning and leaning and leaning. You know what I mean? You want to see how much it, it leans? Yeah, or how is just... that physically possible for the, that kind of chair to stack like that? Oh, no. It's a miracle. Yeah. It's a stacking it's a, mar- it's a stacking miracle. <laughs> he got uh, $2,000 for charities to oh, help wow. the homeless for it. Um, his again, he thinks this is really something. He says, My aim is to set an example <laughs> and inspire the younger generation yeah. to have some social responsibility <laughs> for setting an example for middle school boys everywhere. everywhere. If you've ever had the job of stacking yeah. something after an assembly, it, it can pay off, and eventually, you, you could. <laughs> Raise $2,000 for charity. See, when I was else. in school, our, our assemblies, we had the uh, risers that went into themselves. Oh, yeah. And so it was who got the job of pushing the risers in. Uh-huh. But hey, we didn't that, have to stack chairs. That, those, those, those could be dangerous. Well, so can stacking chairs. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to get closed up in one of those risers, though. You this know? Uh, manager also had a Guinness World Record when he created um, a stack of tortillas in 2018, <laughs> but his record Man, has been broken. He was born to stack. <laughs> That's his, that is his gift. It's his license plate. Is <laughs> Boris. It's like B-R-N-2-S-T-C-K. People are kind of confused. That has to be his well, license plate. He stacks tortillas. He stacks chairs. He's uh, He's got some talent. Shout out to Jay Asan. He said he wanted to do something different, uh, take on a big challenge, and the record is not for himself, but his for his company, city, and country. Wow, he's really proud of himself, which I guess he is He really great. made, he's from the UK, he really made the UK very proud, 17 uh, feet high, congratulations. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll never do that. I don't want to. There's we, a difference, I think. <laughs> I don't want to try. Because you know you couldn't. We would always be like, hey, who can get out of stacking the chairs? <laughs> We're the opposite. That's enough of that. For more Riot content... Head to riot.radiou.com.
Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Lately, my family has gotten a little behind on our doctor visits, but this year, that's changing. We're making health a priority with Emory Healthcare. My husband got the knee replacement he's been putting off. My mom is getting a heart procedure that Emory pioneered, and I scheduled my annual mammogram. And with so many virtual visit options, we are getting it done in 21. Make your health a priority at emoryhealthcare.org/healthfirst. For Flashbang, presented by FTN Network, with your host, Sean Freshy Evans, covering all things CSGO. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to day two of the PGL uh, Major First CSGO. I am your host, Sean, and I am joined uh, by none other than Brock. Brock, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sean. How about yourself? Doing good so far. Uh, a little bit confused at first earlier because I thought this slate on DraftKings was a best of one, but it's really a best of three, and uh, we will quickly adjust to that. Yeah, Oops. the early morning game is being best of one, and then a best of three in the afternoon. It, it makes things a little confusing for everybody. Yeah, that, that the schedule and the Swiss-style format they have set up. We have uh, a couple teams that are on the – Brink of elimination, which we'll get into on the later part of the slate, and the uh, the first two series that we have will be heading to the legend stage, um, which kicks off, I believe, on the thirtieth. That's what it is. Yep. So November, yeah. So this Saturday, the legends uh, stage will kick off, and right now for this slate, it is the challenger stage. And um, overall, uh, for your day one thoughts, real quick. Uh, what surprised you the most? Uh, definitely Tai Lu. They, they surprised me a lot. I did not expect them to do that well against Heroic, honestly. I, I thought Heroic would stomp them 16-6, you know, 16-4. But they're putting up 12 rounds is a surprise. Yeah, that, that's something I expected. That could have ruined a lot of people's mornings, waking up to uh, Heroic being down. One series already by Tyloo. Um, the squad that Tyloo has, though, I mean, they they are built to to compete. Um, tier one, I think, is going to be a little bit shaky for them. But all the players they have, man, they they can surprise a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely a dark horse team. You just, I just didn't expect them to come out like that against against this heroic squad. Who, it was pretty solid. I mean, that's shush being that bad. That's that was not expected at all by anybody. Yeah, no. I'm, and then going in, I know Heroic went into their second series with. It, it started out slow for them, but I mean, 
Sush and Stabbing. I mean, they they did kind of throw people for a loop. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, and so we do have another early lock time of six fifteen a.m. Eastern on DraftKings, and uh, we'll hop straight into it with uh, Phase versus Virtus Pro, two teams that I uh, did start out their day one with uh, two wins. Um, Phase are the favorites at one fifty, while Virtus Pro are the uh, dogs at one thirteen. Um, let's dive into the favorite side with Phase. With Phase, um, what are you liking, or what stands out most uh, to you with them? I honestly, I, I like Olaf a lot here. I know it may be surprising to most, but this is his chance to, to make it to every major. So, I mean, he's going to he's gonna ball out to, to get that to get that, that title still, keep it his, his major streak. And I also like Brokey, of course, you know. Great opper. He's been doing well. And I think he can continue it here against this, this VP team. I think he'll he'll put him and Olaf will put up some good numbers. Yeah, that that's that's my two likings from it, Brokey and Olaf. I like Twist. Um, you know, he always shows up when it's pretty uh, a big stage. Um, overall, I think they they will get their chance to advance versus Versus Pro. Um, there's a lot of things that do go into it. I know Versus Pro has that that consistency of they can start a map out either quick or slow. And whichever way they do, I mean, it just the momentum shifts with that, and I think Phase can easily take advantage of that, um, like right away out of the round. I think the one question mark I do have is Kerrigan. Um, I know he started out day one, one point four five player rating overall. Um, yeah, he, they closed out the uh, the map versus ends to to go to two and zero. I just. He's the one guy on this face team um, alongside Rain that I just – I don't know if I fully trust, and I don't think I'll run back, you know, to, to use him. I think many people will chase that day one hype and run to him. But I think I'm with you. It's Brokey and Olaf um, on this face side. Yeah, those are the two I'm mainly looking at. I don't um, – I don't see him – I can't really get to carry again. I mean, yeah, he had a phenomenal first day, but – I I don't see him I don't see him repeating that. I mean, he he's also priced higher than Olaf, which I mean that should never be the case. Kerrigan yeah, no, should he, never be Kerrigan should never be priced higher than anybody on on his team to be honest. Yeah, no, no, he should be down there with like the rushes, you know, bottom dollar. You when you're trying yeah. to go punting, that's when you you dive to Kerrigan. But overall, yeah, no. I, if I can get yeah. Olaf for cheaper, I'm running with Olaf cheaper. Yeah, I, I mean a thousand discount. I, I'm taking Olaf every time. I, I don't. I'm not getting the Kerrigan. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a grenade carrier. That's that's gonna. That's, that's, that, that's his role. Is. That's his role. Yeah. So yeah. just broke in in Olaf really for me. I, I can see you getting the twist as well. I think if you go the the multiple entry route, you know, you you swap out broken and twist here and there yeah. in the stacks. Um, I think it's one or the other, but but mainly I think you stick with Brokey and Olaf uh, if you're stacking the phase the phase side. Yeah, for sure, and and Olaf's probably my favorite value. I would. Say oh yeah, that. no, I'm 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 there with you. I, yeah. He's going he's for the hundred percent. Yeah, and he's the. I mean, he's honestly the best value I I, I see on this on this slate, especially at fifty four hundred. Same price as like Barton. And oh uh, yeah. 
He's lower than PKL and Bubsky and Pank from Sharks. Like, yeah, he's definitely best value for sure. Yeah, no, I'm there with you on that. Um, on the face side, so or on the Avertis Pro side, um, my one thing is I think this series is a hedge series. I think for every phase lineup you make, you do make Avertis Pro. I don't think we see a sweep. I think these teams do You go three maps. Um, and on the Avertis Pro side, is there anyone – majorly standing out to you or is it just a simple trio of you kind of jame and like buster yeah it's just you can do jame and buster really for me flip i mean you could maybe throw in some flip too but i mean he's for the event he's at a 0.85 that's just that's terrible i mean that's that's not good i mean he gets thrown in right away to this verse pro chord into the major the biggest stage of them all there's no chemistry there. Um, I might throw him into like one versus pro stack. I'm not going to drop down to him though. I, I don't think he'll be fully no. comfortable. If they if they make it to the legend stage, I can see getting to him when those states come. Just at this time though, I, I think it's it's just a three trio of versus. Yeah, pro. I would. Yeah, I would just stick with Yakendo, Jame, and Buster. And I mean, Buster and Jame are my favorite, probably from VP. Yeah, yeah no, I, he's he's a close third, but he's yeah he's he's the third. He has a lot of inconsistencies me. too. I mean, if James James gets going and he gets hot, it's James time. He's yeah. usually on the back burner. Then, um, I mean, he did have a great day one, so that's the reason why he, you know, he pops off and everything. But I just, I think it's James and Buster first, and then him third. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, and and I I definitely agree with this. This one's gonna go three three maps. I don't really see either team sweeping here. And I think you may even have a, a case where it's, you know, one and one from each team. You take, you know, you have like Brokey and, and Buster, Brokey and Jame from one team or Olaf and, and Jame or Olaf and Buster, something like that. I could I could very well see one of each team being in the off for you. Yeah, no, I, I see that too. The, I mean, those are players, Jame and Brokey are players to spend up for. Um, you know, especially if you do as one-offs too. Um, in the same lineup, I don't usually game stack that way, but I think a lot of ownership is going to be pretty evenly on this slate to maybe like two or three teams. I think FaZe and Versus Pro are two of those teams with the yeah. next series having one of the main teams. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. You're, you're, you're going to see most of your ownership in the, these first two match series. And then People might still go to Astralis and stack that one heavy, but I, I don't know not with how they've been looking lately. Yeah, when we get there, there'll be a, I feel like a good amount to talk about with them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so uh, moving on to the next uh, series, which winner goes to the Legend stage also. Um, it'll be Heroic as the favorites of uh, 213 versus Copenhagen Flames, who are the dogs at 173. Um I'm probably going to be a lot opposite than most people on this series, but let's start out with the favorites. Um, Heroic, um, what stands out there for you? Uh, Shush at 6,000. I know he burned us last game, but I mean, just Shush that low is, it's, it's just too good. Too good for me. I, I, I like Shush here. Refresh still seems a little too high for me at 9,800. I mean, we used to lock him in every every slate back when he was, you know, six, 7,000. But at 9,800, I think I would rather just stick with Kadian or 
or even Tess's at seven eight hundred seven thousand. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Um, such, I mean, it's one bad, you know, down day for him. Um, he still held holds a one point zero four player rating overall. When he gets going, um, the pairing though will I think go with him and refresh. And like you said, paying up for refresh is really difficult to do when he's ninety eight hundred. Um, Tessa, Tessa, I mean. He's sitting at let's see, just so I can make sure I get his price correct. He's sitting at seven thousand again. Yeah, I feel like that's 000. a that's a steal if you're stacking heroic. I want him with Sush, and then um, even like you said, Kadian sitting at yeah, seven eight hundred. Yeah, that's low too. That that's still low, um, and so I know like yesterday I, or for the day one say I was off of him just due to Sush being consistent right before they got to this major, but. If he's playing down, then Kadian's going to be up there at a top fragger anyways. And so I'll probably do the same as I did with do with FaZe. Rotate out Kadian, Tess with Sush, uh, back and forth, depending on the lineups that I make for him. Um, is Heroic your team that you do have winning in this series? Yeah, I have I have Heroic winning here. I, I mean, I don't really see Copenhagen win, winning a three-game series against um, – Heroic here. If this was, you know, still best of one, I could see like, you know, Copenhagen Flames taking a map if they say somehow they let like an ancient go through or a map like even maybe like Vertigo or something like that. Then yeah, but I don't in a in a three map series I don't see Copenhagen Flames winning. So my only thing with Copenhagen, I I think they can pull this out with the momentum that they're carrying. Um, it really depends, I think, on Rojay. And uh, I'm not going to say his name correctly. I'm just going to call him Nico because I know I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> if they're on it right away from map one, I think they take this series two to one. Um, I'm Copenhagen is my Cinderella story of the major. I think if they can get to the legend stage, um, already the gambit's crypto night and so all they have to worry about is navi after that um but i i do have them i think i'm more leaning towards that exposure over heroic for this slay i think all the ownership is obviously going to be with heroic anyways yeah the ownership will lean towards heroic honestly i don't for me i would eat that heroic chalk because i i mean i don't really see Copenhagen flames letting this one go i mean Baroque is going to ban Ancient. They're not going to let them have Ancient. I Yeah, I, th- I think it's Dust 2 get, obviously is going to get banned because one of the, the two teams... Yeah, one of them it. will take it. Yeah, one of them will ban it. And then I think uh, Heroic will ban Ancient. We're going to probably see Vertigo. And then, of course, Heroic's going to pick Nuke. And then we probably see... Um, maybe third map is going to be like Inferno, possibly. My thing is, with the map pick by Rogue, if they do go nuke, Copenhagen does have more um exposure to it the past three months. Um, I know it's not versus Rogue in every single map that they've played on it, but there, there's still that being comfortable on that map to where Copenhagen yeah. could, could build that confidence up to where they, they believe that they can take it. And you know, I, I think 
heroics in the land experience as of late hasn't been transitioning as well as like their online play. And so I, I just see that Copenhagen could pull the upset here. Uh, I'm not going to be mad at anybody who runs heroic. I'm going to have heroic exposure anyways. But I just think Copenhagen can be the Cinderella story of this major. And especially with these these guys and talk of having a new owner, you know, by the beginning of 2022. Yeah. They want to do as much as they can to get the bigger payday. Yeah, that's true. And I agree with you. Like, if if you were to go Copenhagen playing, you're going to need Roger or, or, and Nico. Like, uh, if you're going to pick, if you're picking that side, you, you need those two. Like, you lock those two in for your side. Because they're going to be the ones that, that win this game for Copenhagen. Yeah. And if Hooksy goes back to playing normal, then that just leaves them two anyways, unless Javi or Zyphoon can get back to where they were playing before the major. Um, which, I mean, if those two show up too with, with Roger and Nico, then you have good, I think, 4v5 with all five of Heroic obviously being ready to go at yeah. one point no matter what. So, because, I mean, is Sush really going to come out and have another bad game? Probably not. You know, is Refresh going to get any worse than dropping down to a 1.12 player rating right now? Probably not. So, I mean, Heroic, yeah, they – they probably will win this. I just really like Copenhagen getting the upset here. I, that's going to be more just for the series. My my own exposure will lie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't hate it. I mean, I think obviously with the next two series we're about to jump into, they'll probably be the best you know GPP stack to run with. But uh, but yeah, no. I mean, going heroic is probably the the safer bet, the smarter bet um, overall. Yeah, that's where I'll I'll mainly my main stack will probably be heroic. I'm not gonna lie, I'll, my yeah. main stack will be heroic. Obviously, in a, in a best of three, also that's you know heroic has the the better experience and everything to to take yeah. it. And so, and now we're moving on to the fun part, the uh, the eliminations um, with the first series we're gonna, series we're going to cover. Um, I think everybody's surprised is Australis versus Godsent. Um, Australis, obviously the big favorites here at 228 versus Godsent, who are the dogs at 184. Um, let's start with Australis, who are currently sitting at 0-2 when they're supposed to be one of the best teams on land. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Yeah, that's uh, very surprising that they're only two in this. <laughs> I don't think anybody expected it. Um, I'm going to line up with um, benching bubs. I mean, I think this is their karma for doing that. After the guy jumped in, after device left, you know, for Nip and everything, making that decision a week ago to have Bubs be the player benched. I get why Lucky fits their mold and playing style, you know, and then wanting to run it back with the the OG like four. But I think that I think they just have bad karma right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, I think just all changes they've made and just kind of their team 
chemistry is not all there right now. You got Zipex at a point six six for the event so far, which is not good. I mean, everyone's below a one point oh. That's yeah, that's not normal that's for a, them. Yeah, that that's the surprising part. Um, you know, when you have them sitting out below one point zero rating, uh, I get like the mental break, you know, that they took and how Glaive took the you know the, the time off. Um like for for daddy duties and everything, it's just every everything they did to roll into the major, I think is going to hinder them. I don't think they they get eliminated off this series alone, um, but but I think everything is you know finally affecting them, not being yeah. able to have that that experience before running into with this core five that they have. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't think. I don't think Godsend will come out here and eliminate Astralis here, but Astralis definitely should be worried headed into this major with how their performance is looking. I mean, the last four matches they played, they've lost. You know, they got two yeah. by Vitality, two by Vince, lost to Copenhagen, and lost in Tropic. They should definitely be very worried headed into this major. Yeah. And so, so starting off with that, um, which players are you targeting um, mainly for this? Uh, mainly from Astralis, I would be targeting, honestly, probably like Lucky or even Zipex. And, and Gla- I'm gonna be targeting mainly the cheap guys. I'm not. I'm not paying 9600 for Magis. Not not with the way they've been looking. And 8600 for Dupree. I just can't. I can't with how their performance has been lately. I mean. Astralis isn't even really a great DFS team to begin with. They are very spread out with their kills and stuff, so it's their scores are so similar, and it's always just there's not one person who stands out like with Navi and stuff like that. Where Simple gonna have like 130 points, you know, and you can see the the great disparity in point spread. Whereas here, it's gonna be pretty close. Everyone's gonna be around that that 60, 70 range. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the way to look at. It. I think you just maybe two man stack or like one off seer um, with Zipix or Lucky. Um, obviously, they the other two playing worse so far off day one. But I mean, it's getting godsend. Um, that usually you could get a cheap guy pay off value pretty easily, and that's all you need if your main stacks are are right. So I think I, I'm with you. I don't. I mean, if I'm Going to main stack of Australis three man, I'm probably only sticking with Dupree, Lucky, um, Zipix. Um, I mean, Glaive is sitting at um, 6,200 also. And while he didn't have a horrible game, I mean, overall he hasn't been that well either. So, yeah, no. so I think I think you stick with you know Lucky Zipix, the the middle of the pack guys of Australis, and hopefully they actually show up and it's a 2-0 sweep. Because if not, then I mean, those guys are probably going to take your lineup pretty quickly. Yeah, and if you have Magis or Dupree and they don't do well, you're you're like there's you're pretty much done for. Yeah, your your salary your salary is burned. Yeah, and you're not gonna. There's no way you'll have anybody optimal, at least from that game. If if they don't do well. Uh, On the Gunson side, is there really anything that you are liking, or you just kind of xing them out for the slate? Um, I'm pretty much excellent amount for the slate. I mean, if I if I were to play anyone, it'd be Phelps or 
or Duma. Those are the only two I would play. And the only real way they would even be optimal is if, uh, of course, if Godsent wins or if this goes three maps, they could possibly sneak in there because of how cheap they are. Yeah, but I think that's, really just that's the way two. to look at it. I was trying to see because, I mean, obviously Taco is 4,400. I'm not going to punt yeah. there if I'm going Godsent. I'm not going to go Lado. Um, Duma, I mean, 6,800 is still a great price. Um, I mean, he's averaging 60.7, uh, you know, DK points a map, but that's, this is now against Australis. I mean, can these guys yeah, actually no. pay off their value? Um, if it's, they get swept to O, you know, there's, there's no point in having them. It goes three maps and they do still a map and they can make at least one other go 30 rounds. Um, you know, then you're looking like a genius with no ownership plays like Phelps and, and Duma. Yeah, but I, I mean, if you're doing one one to five lineups, I, I'm not going to play any. Yeah, no, so. there, there's a, it's only if you're doing the 20 plus lineups or something, then you're going to yeah. maybe make, you know, two to three. Three is pushing it, probably sticking to two, like Godsend lineups, if that. Yeah, it, they're just, I don't really see them beating Astralis, even with how they've, how Strauss has been lately. I just, it's this Godson team is not good. Like, I mean, yeah. let's just put it how it is. They're, they're not that good. Yeah, this this is a perfect uh, bounce back spot for them. Yeah, for sure. Right. And then moving into the final uh, series, which is also elimination, uh, we have Payne, who are sitting at the, as the favorites of 271, um, versus Sarks, who are the dogs at 216. I'm probably going to even be more crazier because I do like Payne as one of my my top stacks of this slate. And I know many people probably won't see it that way. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are probably scared to target this game just because, I mean, these are like two of the worst teams in Brazil. <laughs> like, they're, they're not good teams at all. Yeah, no, they're, they're not. Uh, they're, I mean, you could look at the head-to-head. Uh, I mean, Payne at least has, you know, two players who are sitting above a 1.0 player rating while Sharks have not a single player. Yeah. Um, both of these things just look like flatline uh, hardware going into it. Yeah. There's really not much to like about it. My only thing is Sharks aren't a good team to where Payne can 2-0 them. Uh, their prices aren't even bad. They, they um, you know, let you – well, Payne, I mean – Two of the guys probably are overpriced. But, I mean, if you can get two of these guys into your lineup, they're going to save you salary, but they're also going to, I think, pay off pretty easily if there's a 2-0 sweep into it. And that's a risk I'm willing to take on this slate because I think everybody runs to heroic phase and versus pro, you know, for all their ownership. Yeah, and I agree with that. No one's really going to target this game just because, I mean, it's two bottom-tier Brazilian teams that, like, you really don't know what's gonna like what could happen with these two. Uh, either one this, of these teams could win, and it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, and like the this is these are the teams that play on the slates where DraftKings just has a data fill, mm-hmm. and we know how like horrible and toxic it's going to be. And so, if you don't want to wake up with a headache, then don't don't stack anybody from this series, but. If you are, you know, getting risky and making multiple lineups, you know, 20 plus, I say throw in the stack of pain, 
unless you, you like sharks more than throwing a stack for a few lineups and, you know, hopefully it, it pays off. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, like if you're making a lot of lineups, I would throw in either one of Pain or Sharks um, just because they're going to be very low owned and they could, whichever team two of could very well be off with how cheap they are compared yeah. to some of these other teams. But the, the one downside to playing Pain, uh, if you look at like their, their average rounds win and a loss, it's only 9.4. And so yeah. if things get ugly, they're not going to score well. And, no, and Sharks it's... will. Sharks will pay off easily. Um, yeah. And then if, if you look at Sharks, they they win close to 11 rounds in a loss, which actually helps out paying more in my eyes if, you know, they get that sweep, they'll get a little bit of extra rounds to get yeah, extra few a few kills or assists. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, if, if pain gets – if pain sweeps, it's going to be nice because they, you know, they got – some extra rounds and stuff as well but if shark sweep it's gonna be nice as well because yes they may not get as much rounds because pain doesn't win as many in losses but sharks are a whole lot cheaper than pain i mean you got the uh, second highest person on sharks is 6400 like that's cheaper than some of the last like that's almost as cheap as phases cheapest person yeah, I mean, you you can easily fill in then if you go three man like phase with Brokey, Twist, and Olaf. You use you know sharks. You could use Zevi or you could use uh, Lacozzi after sixty four hundred. Yeah. Just to to cushion that salary out for you. Yeah, exactly, and 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 that's what's good about this game, the shark pain game, is it really does allow you to fit in a bunch of those studs from the from the bigger teams. So you could go, you know, like one or two. Shark or pain for salary relief, and that allows you to, you know, you could get Dave Stavin and Kadian in there. You could get refresh. You could get, you know, also with phase, you could get twist. You could get twist and broke. You know, it le- allows you to stack a lot of those, those more heavy guys from the the first two series. I even going sharks and or pain. I, I'm not gonna play magic score to breed just because I. I, I I They're not trustworthy see, right yeah. now. It's not, it's not looking good for them right now. And I mean, just paying that much for them, I would rather, I would much rather pay, you know, ninety eight hundred for a refresh or, or the, you know, twist. Yeah, what is the guys eight, that you know are going to pay yeah. off. Yeah, they have been a, a little more consistent. Their team has looked good throughout this tournament so far, as opposed to this Astralis team who hasn't looked well. So, yeah, no, I'm on the, the same page there uh, with you. Um, and so, overall, that does wrap up our four series. Um, real quick before we do head out, uh, your top stacks of the slate. Uh, my top stack is Heroic uh, with Shush, Shush, uh, Kadian, and Tessa's stack. That's that's my favorite. And then my second favorite would probably be FaZe with uh, an Olaf, Olaf and Brokey stack. I only really two man from phase. Only team I'd really three man from that I'm gonna personally three man from is heroic. Um, that's and, really the only one. Yeah, I think that's that's the same. Even though I'm on the Copenhagen side for the heroic sack, that's the the route that I would run. Um, if I do run a Copenhagen sack, I think it's it is truly just gonna be the two man of 
Rojay and and Nico. Uh, Faze, same thing. Roki, Olaf, or Twist and Olaf. Um, I do like VP a little bit, so I will be running Jamin. Jamin is severely underpriced at 7,600, by the way. Um, so I, I would most likely stack him with Bus, who's only 6,000 6, um, if I'm paying, playing the uh, VP side. Um, Astralis, paying Sharks, that's um, lower exposure. That's going to be a headache no matter which route you yeah. go. And so, so I think heroic phase, heroic VP is is where I'm sticking overall, or Copenhagen VP, Copenhagen phase. I, I agree with that. Is there any any favorite captains you have for tomorrow? My favorite captains, I was looking at this earlier just because prices are everywhere. I think it will be, it'll be twist. Um, James, just because how cheap he is, but I know the ownership will actually follow him. Um, so if I go Brokey, James, Twist, and then uh, probably from a rogue side, I think most likely going to be a pipe payout for Savin, and then uh, Copenhagen will most likely be uh, Roje overall. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. My, my favorite captain is probably Brokey. Uh, yeah, Brokey, and then I would look at Twist. And then from Heroic, though, I actually like the Captain Shush or, or Tessis. That's my my two favorite captains from, from Heroic. And I think with Shush, you could actually probably get away with like the ownership with that. I think not mm-hmm. many people are going to follow him after yesterday, you know, day one performance. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, looking down at Shush, um, he would be – probably the better heroic play to go. He'll be, he'll be a little bit sneakier. Yeah, who's your one uh, dark horse captain, I guess? Your one kind of off-the-wall captain. Off-the-wall captain? Uh, most likely going back to uh, Payne, I'll probably have to say, I know I'm not going to pronounce that right, but uh, Safi, Safi. Yeah. That'll probably be like the off-the-wall captain that I run to. My mine would actually come from sharks. It'd be paint or p pansy. However, I think uh, yeah, pink. Uh, I've been saying pink, so I, I think uh, pink. We're just yeah. gonna roll with that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, that's my dark horse captain. I I guess that I would that I'll have one of. So I think we're gonna wake up and one of these paint or sharks would be the opto captain <laughs> or stack of the slate, where no one but some crazy guy ran to. Yeah, someone who put in it in optimal and optimal. Yeah, something that looked like he closed his Some eyes speeder. and picked. Yeah, yeah. That's that's hopefully that's not what happened, but we'll see in the morning. Okay, early morning, either headaches or happiness. We'll see, we'll see when a, when we all wake up. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we do head out, uh, let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lebrock underscore underscore James. And then also on Twitch and Discord as Faith. All right. Awesome. And uh, you can find Brock's uh, esports content uh, alongside CSGO, Valorant, uh, on FaithTheNoise.com. Also, um, if you haven't signed up, sign up. Join us in Discord where we talk, you know, 24-7 esports. And uh, we have green screens they had 
hobby talking League of Legends 24-7 and winning everybody retirement money. Exactly. All right, man. Uh, thank you for joining me, and uh, we're out. Yeah, have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Flashbang with your host, Sean Freshy Evans. Make sure to follow your host at XFreshy on Twitter. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next episode. Hey, Atlanta. Walmart in-homes now delivering beyond your door. Our associates unpack groceries straight into your fridge even while you're out, saving you time and money for what matters most. Visit inhome.walmart.com to start your 30-day free trial and do fewer to-dos. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. At AAA, we're more than roadside assistance. We also offer auto insurance. Auto insurance that you can customize to help fit your needs and your budget. So join millions who trust AAA in their times of need because they know at AAA, we don't just cover cars, we cover car owners. Learn more. Find a location near you at AAA.com slash branches. Insurance underwritten through member select insurance company or non-affiliated insurance companies. Subject to eligibility requirements, policy terms, and conditions. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team on the banks of the Mississippi River, it's the Friedman Fantasy Football Show with Matthew Friedman. It's Matt Friedman, the Oracle. Who's the Oracle? He's a fantasy football genius, okay? No wife, no job, just pure football knowledge. He just licked the hot dog. And now, your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to my fantasy football show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that you need, including my fantasy football write ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out the show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, it is Tuesday evening. My rankings have been submitted to FTN, so we're going to run through the guys I'm high and low on in this episode compared to the expert consensus rankings. But first, I need to tell you about a great giveaway we have at FTN where you can win a free trip to Las Vegas for the Week 13 game between the Raiders and the Washington football team. Of course, two highly functional franchises. It is free to sign up. No purchase necessary. There are other prizes. The grand prize is $5,000 in value. It includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the game, cash, and more. The deadline is October 28th. And after that, you have to stay on Producer Tom's Couch. Click on the link in the show description for more details and to sign up. Okay, Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, Sidekick on the Controls, Connoisseur of Pasta, Titan of Tomato Sauce, Billy Joel Junkie, and long-suffering Jess fan. Tom, who are we talking about first? We're going to go straight in with the quarterback rankings here, Matt. 
There are a couple good matchups, especially for those of you who might be in the streaming business this week. Probably a good one, starting off with Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes is having himself a decent season. You've got him as your QB 10 this week. The ECR putting him around 13. He hasn't had massive touchdown volume, only five touchdowns this season, but he has thrown an additional two on as a rusher. He can make plays with his feet, and he's cut down the turnovers. Finally threw another touchdown pass last week, and he plays the Chiefs, who have given up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks this season. Yeah, Tom, as you mentioned, fantastic matchup going against the Chiefs, who have just been destroyed in a variety of ways by opposing quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is a volatile passer, volatile player all the way around, but he has reverse splits and he's notably better on the road, which is uh, you know, kind of one of those wild quirks, but like it's over a, a large enough sample to where it's something that uh, seems kind of reliable. It also matches up with his against the spread record where he's just so much better on the road than he is at home. Given the volatility, given the matchup, given that you have teams on by, given that there are quarterbacks injured. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like he's a low end QB one for this week. Next up, if the Chiefs are the second worst team against quarterbacks, Washington football team has been by far the worst and Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos go up against them this week. So you've got Teddy B at 16 versus the ECR rank of 19. He had a modest total last week, 187 yards, two touchdowns, but the matchup is just great. Also, Jerry Judy is back. Yes. Bridgewater had a soul crushing five interceptions over his past three games, but he has an extra three days to prepare uh, coming off the of Thursday night football. and. The football team has allowed a league-high total of fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Bridgewater is 39-18 and 18 against the spread. Like I, That's not like super predictive for fantasy, but it is indicative of the fact that the market historically has undervalued Teddy Bridgewater going against a team that just gives it up to quarterbacks. This is a pretty good spot for him. And as a passer, he has been okay. He's been a little more aggressive throwing downfield than he has in previous years. And if you look at uh, Ben Baldwin's Running Backs Don't Matter website, Teddy Bridgewater is number four in composite expected points added and completion percentage over expectation. He's actually having a pretty decent season throwing the ball. Given the matchup, I think he deserves to be a mid-range QB2. And one guy that you are low on this week, Matt, your own Dakota Rain Prescott. You've got as your seventh QB overall. The ECR puts him at five. He's banged up, but coming off the bye week, expected to play. Play in Minnesota. Yeah, he should play, but he is dealing with that calf injury. So I want to be just a little, a little circumspect, just a little cautious early in the week. And if we get good practice reports, he's practicing in full, I might bump him up the rankings a little bit. But the Vikings are a tough matchup. They're number three in defensive dropback expected points added per play, number three in defensive uh, dropback success rate. Uh, I mean, however, they are number 29 in rush EPA per play, which I think could indicate that the Cowboys, given their balanced offense so far, they can run, they can pass. This feels like a game where they don't need to pass the ball. They're likely to run the ball against a funnel defense that is strong against the past, weak against the run, with all of those running opportunities going to, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott. I think that means there are fewer passing opportunities for Dak Prescott. And that is a big reason why I bumped him down the board just a little bit. Moving on to the running backs here. And this 
this whole rankings list here, we're focusing inside the top 10 because we've got some real variants there. Starting with Jonathan Taylor, you've got him all the way as your RB2 this week compared to the consensus rank of four. He had his worst week in the last four this past week, but that meant that he still scored 15 points thanks to 107 yards and a touchdown. Monster games that he's been having lately. After, score, after scoring no touchdowns in weeks one through three, Taylor has six touchdowns over the past four weeks, uh, as well as 408 yards rushing, 143 yards receiving. He's really getting it done in all facets of the game, and he's got a great matchup. The Titans are number 29 in defensive rush success rate. We know that the Colts like to run the ball. Uh, it's a great running matchup for him. I think Taylor absolutely smashes in this spot. Just out of curiosity, where are you ranking the Titans defense after the Chiefs game? Do you think that that was kind of a one-off or has this team suddenly been improving more? Mm, that's a good question. I, they have been improving uh, in that their pass rush is better than it has been in previous seasons. A lot of that is because of Harold Landry, but they're still pretty weak on the back end. Um, but that really won't matter that much in the secondary for this matchup, given that they're still pretty weak against the run. All right, well, moving on to the Detroit Lions, DeAndre Swift. You're a Swifty again this week as you've got him as your sixth-ranked running back compared to the ECR of eight. He had a monster day versus the Rams thanks to eight receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown. Also tacked on 48 yards on 13 carries. A little easier against the Eagles this week. Yeah, for him, it's all about the receiving game. The Lions, even though they played well last week, they were aggressive. They're still 0-7. Uh, I mean, they're going to throw the ball. They will find themselves in negative game scripts for the rest of the season. That means a lot of targets going towards DeAndre Swift. The Eagles are number three in most fantasy points allowed to running backs. And Swift is a league leader in premium opportunities because of all of the targets he gets. Again, even on a team that is yet to win a game. In seven games, he has 635 yards and five touchdowns from scrimmage. That is incredible production when you tack onto that all of the receptions he gets. So uh, I feel very comfortable having him as a mid-range RB1 this week. It was a no Jones day on Sunday for the Green Bay Packers as he only rushed six times for 19 yards, but that was because the Packers were moving the ball through the air off against football team. This Thursday, they take on the Cardinals. Devontae Adams is out. Should we expect a Jones day? Yeah, without Devontae Adams and then also Alan Lazard, who just went on the COVID list. Uh, the Packers, I'm expecting that they will lean more on Aaron Jones, especially as a receiver, which could give him a boost. But I think overall, they're going to struggle to move the ball against a Cardinals defense that has been surprisingly good this year. The Cardinals are bottom six in points allowed to running backs. I mean, just week in and week out, opposing backfields are finding it hard to accumulate fantasy points against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, without the best pass catching option in this offense, I think the uh, I think the Packers are going to struggle to move the ball. So no touchdown opportunities or fewer touchdown opportunities for Aaron Jones. Uh, I mean, I think it just makes sense to be a little bit conservative in the spot and bump him down. At the wide receiver position here, moving over Deontay Johnson, you've got ranked as your wide receiver twelve. The ECR is putting him at fourteen. Cleveland. Look like we were having Super Bowl conversations about Cleveland in weeks one through three, but the injuries have taken their toll. Johnson's coming off a bye week, which means Big Ben's noodle arm has had an extra week to rest. Lots of opportunity here. 
Yeah, I want to chase the volume. Uh, this offense, as you mentioned, they should be rested and ready off of the bye. And even though Johnson had just two targets in week five, he has 50 targets in five games this year. The Browns are number 26 in defensive EPA per play uh, in the passing game. So they can be prone to the big play. And with his target volume, I like Johnson's chances of being a, I'd say, a low-end wide receiver one because he he doesn't often get a, a lot of yards on a per-target basis. But with the volume and then with the matchup going against a team that does allow wide receivers to go off, uh, yeah, I, I like his chances to be a wide receiver one. Matt? Calvin Ridley has struggled to perform so far this season. He finally found the end zone again last week. You've got him as your wide receiver at 13. The ECR has him at 16. I mean, eventually he has to produce, right? This team is throwing the ball 35 plus times a game. How is he not doing this? At some point, I just don't know. Yeah, at some point it's going to work out. Matt Ryan is throwing the ball. I mean, he's you know kind of locked in now to 300 yards passing per game. It's not a great matchup for him. The Panthers are still doing well. They are top four in dropback EPA per play, top four in dropback success rate. Uh, but Calvin Ridley, I mean, he's getting the targets. That is what matters. And we do know that he is an efficient receiver for his career. And, and the targets, I mean, 52 targets in 50 games. That is, I mean, that's elite. Uh, I mean, it's hard. I think personally, it's hard to have him not in the top 12. Um, you know, understanding that ECR has him at number 16, I have him right on the cusp, but I mean, I really do think that he is still a wide receiver one, a fantasy wide receiver one in this league. The usage combined with his performance in prior seasons means that he has an incredibly high ceiling. So I want to rank him that way. All right. And last up on your low list here, you've got Justin Jefferson. He's ranked eighth on your list as wide receivers. ECR has him all the way up at four. He was eight of 14 for 80 yards versus the Panthers. They play the Cowboys this week, should see Trayvon Diggs. But to me, that means that Diggs is going to get a pick six, but Jefferson's also going to put up 302 TDs. Yeah, uh, very possible. As we talked about the Cowboys struggle in defense, Jefferson is awesome. There's, there's no debating that. He has 70 yards or touchdown in every game this year. He's clearly a wide receiver one. I just don't think he's a high-end wide receiver one based on the matchup. I don't think he's going to get the target volume that he normally sees because Diggs will likely be on him, which means Cousins has the option uh, and really the the incentive to throw to someone else. Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Conklin, Cook, right? There are other guys in that offense who are good at catching the ball. I just think that Justin Jefferson with the matchup deserves to be bumped down a little bit. All right, we've got a pair of tight ends here to cap things off. You are high on the Ertz. Zach Ertz ranks seven in your rankings. He's the ECR tight end 10. He's not obviously back in that triumvirate that he was back when it was Kelsey Kittle Ertz. That, that Those days are gone, but still, he's looking good so far for Arizona. Yeah, he looked really good in his Packers debut. Um, sorry, in his, his Cardinals debut. Uh, the Packers in this matchup are number 23 in pass defense DVOA against tight ends. So it's a good matchup. He had good usage last week for it being the first game uh, with a new team in a blowout. He had five targets and a carry. Like the carry is actually kind of significant. It means like, hey, we're trying to get this guy the ball. 
So I think he will be used increasingly within the offense as he picks up the offense uh, and the season progresses. And this week, we are without Darren Waller and Mark Andrews, both of whom are on by. So it means that some of these guys are just going to be pushed up higher uh, than they otherwise would be in a normal week. And last but not least here on our rankings episode, Dalton Schultz. You've got him ranked as tight end 10, whereas the ECR is putting him at six. He's coming off the bye, and the Cowboys are a wagon of an offense, but the Vikings are a quality unit versus tight ends. Yeah, I, I have to go back and forth on this one. The Vikings, as you mentioned, they are good against tight ends, top 10 uh, in tight ends, um, fantasy points prevented. For me, the issue really isn't so much the matchup, but Michael Gallup has been designated to return from IR. So he's not a lock to play this week, but it's possible that he plays this week. And so I'm ranking Schultz right now as if there's, you know, let's say like a 40 to 60% chance that Gallup returns this week. Uh, if Gallup is out, I will likely move Schultz up the rankings. Uh, but right now I'm taking just a little bit more of a cautious approach uh, because Schultz likely will lose targets when Michael Gallup returns. All right, Matt, that is going to do it for our fantasy rankings episode here. If people want more of your great content, where should they be heading? You can find all of the work at FTN. On Friday, I publish the Fantasy Football Breakdown. On Thursday, I publish my Best Bets article. On Tuesday, I publish the Fantasy Rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. All throughout the week in the FTN Bet Tracker, I am placing my NFL side totals and player props and also some NBA player props. And on Twitter, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can see daily episodes of the Friedman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. Use the promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. You can see me, Tommy V, on Twitter at MattFTheOracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. What if your groceries were delivered into your fridge? What if your Walmart order was waiting in your kitchen? And what if your Walmart.com returns were picked up? There's no need to wonder what if when you've got Walmart in home, because we deliver beyond your door, whether you're home or away. Our trusted associates enter safely with a one-time access code and record the entire delivery. So you save time and money for what really matters. Visit inhome.walmart.com to start your 30-day free trial. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes.
Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.